The more you delve into Arkham's history of witchcraft and persecution, the more restless you become. Night after night, you're assaulted by terrible dreams. Dreams of death and decay, of guilt and sin. There is an evil that dwells in this city. An evil that has long remained hidden in the darkness of Arkham's past. Hello! You're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Uh, today I'm doing really well. Much better than last week, actually. I decided to have a slurp of coffee so that I didn't laugh as you said that. <laughs> yeah, good. Very good. Yes, I too am well. Listener, before we go any further, spoiler warning. You've probably guessed from the title of this episode, depending on what I've titled it. We're going to be talking about the story of The Circle Undone so far. And at the point of recording, we've played up to For the Greater Good. So if you've not played Circle Undone yet, haven't looked at those packs, maybe you're on the fence about getting that campaign at all, definitely I recommend you get it. But we're going to be talking about the story here. So if you don't want to be spoiled, get up to speed with playing your packs before you listen to this. Um, We're not going to go into too much detail of the scenario, sort of the mechanical details of the scenarios, but we might touch on that stuff. So we want a blanket, you've been warned, there are spoilers coming up kind of thing. Is that covered? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. If you're still listening. Yeah, if you're still listening. It's at your own risk. (laughs) Yeah, buckle up. Here we go. So in the past, we've sometimes done these episodes where we touch on what's happened in the campaign so far and maybe reflected on what we think might happen next. And we thought it would be nice to do that kind of thing again for The Circle Undone. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's. I think I'm more intrigued by the story on this one. This one is up there with Path to Carcosa for me in terms of how interesting I'm finding the story. Mm drawn to the flame interesting and just interesting uh, all kinds of interesting yes yeah i wondered as well when i had a sense of this story that there are this one group the witches and another group the lodge whether it would feel like we were kind of replaying the binary decision in forgotten age but actually it couldn't be more different from how forgotten age felt and i found myself really dragged into this story and immersed in it And so, yeah, I thought what we'd do is touch on each scenario so far and what it brought up for us. And that can be a way of us sort of reflecting on the twists and turns of the story. And the fun thing about doing these episodes as well is that we could be completely wrong about lots of things. And that's (laughs) sometimes quite nice for posterity to to check in on that. Yes. Just before we start, we want to just briefly... I've sprung this on you, Frank, because we didn't talk about this beforehand. Just want to talk about what we think the key themes are. This cycle. Yeah. Because for me, the main... Surprises. Well, the main one that stands out for me is mystery. Mm -hmm. I did a a hand gesture there, which implied mystery has been written in big letters across the sky. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because I think there's there's lots... We start off with a murder, although in a kind of Columbo style, we did see how the murder was committed. Yeah. We start off with a mystery straight away. Bang. Day one. Something strange has happened. Uh, and then when we join our characters, something mysterious happens to them as well. Uh, one of the things I think is emblematic of this mystery is we keep on getting these mementos. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to ask you about them. We don't know what any of them do. <laughs> mm. And they're all weird little mysterious things, and you're sort of trying to fit them into this bigger picture. We've got, um, is it one of them a, a, a fragment of shadow? 
scrap of torn shadow. Scrap of torn shadow. And then there's a wisp of something. Mm -hmm. A wisp of spectral mist. Yeah. I don't know how you're carrying that around. Is it in a jar, maybe? Or are you carrying a scrap of mist? I just had an image of one of the investigators opening their mouth. And out of it comes the mist, and then they put it back in their mouth. Yeah. Oh, that's where it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, the mystery really strikes me as, as being one of the key themes of the cycle. I, given that you did ask me the question, I the other, I did that thing where I asked you a question, and then I answered it myself. Yeah, <laughs> I I completely agree about mystery, and I the other thing that I think about a lot is something that I will sum up as agency, and I think I need to expand on that a little bit. And that's this idea that things are going on that are not within the player or the investigator agency at all. Things are happening that we happen to stumble upon. Yeah. Uh, I think even the way that the prologue begins is we have agency controlling characters that we aren't going to control for the rest of the campaign. So we're sort of the puppet master at that point, playing out how these people are taken by the mist. And then similarly the first couple of scenarios, we're going to places where things are happening, but we're not in control of them happening, and we're not necessarily going to stop those things happening. We're witnessing them. We're sort of observers to this game being played out across Arkham. And I find that very intriguing. Uh, I think we'll talk about it a bit more later on. Yeah, one of the scenarios especially springs to mind when you talk about that. But I, th- I think it, it, it makes the place seem like more of a real place because things yeah. are happening without our input. Some of the scenarios are things we've triggered, but other mm-hmm. ones are we're in a place and something's happening while we're there, even though we have our own agenda while we're there as well. Yes, and my the question that comes up for me repeatedly is what part do we play as investigators? Mm-hmm. What are we trying to do? There doesn't seem to be that sense necessarily of a of a clear motivation and in that way it does actually feel like an investigation we're clutching at straws we're trying to piece together something that feels a little bit opaque and a little bit unknown which is the mystery again and i really enjoy that i really enjoy that sense of in a way i like not having the pressure of we need to go into the woods and stop that ritual right now otherwise arkham is doomed I much prefer this sort of feeling of of exploring what's going on around Arkham. Yeah, building a bigger picture. Yeah, exactly, fleshing that out. So you've mentioned it already, we begin with a murder. The prologue, we see four characters in the Miger estate, which is hosting a charity gala for the Silver Twilight Lodge. Uh, The Silver Twilight, you know, as far as we understand them, are a kind of upstanding not gentlemen's club, but community organisation, you know, guild. Uh, <laughs> youth group. Youth group, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scouts and cubs. And as far as I can tell, you know, they do fundraising. There are prominent citizens in Arkham who are a part of Silver Twilight yeah. and they're having this hosted dinner, but a spectral mist invades the building. And depending on which prologue investigators you play as, you see different aspects of the mayhem that happens in the house it sort of transforms into a cursed derelict house and there is no hope of escape so that's a pretty exciting way of setting the scene yeah i love it as a way of engaging the player immediately you're 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 complicit aren't you absolutely yeah and i like how one of the fun things in arkham just from a mechanical point of view one of the fun things in arkham is struggling to 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 stay alive 
you know, that those last acts of desperation. Mm. But, you know, you that that might screw up your campaign. So this gives you a license to be as desperate as you want because you know you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, you just and you make those crazy plays and it gives you it introduces you to some of the mechanics of this the campaign without it being a kind of overload. You're just checking out some things. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's very good. I mean, if you can't pass any investigation tests or you realize how powerful Haunted is, it gives you a little bit of a hint of what's to come, which is good. But that's not really where the story begins for us as investigators. Instead, there's a visit to Anna Caslow at Independence Square, the soothsayer Anna Caslow. And she reads our fortune and tells us that essentially everything we cannot see is arrayed against us. The it, You know, it's one of the... It's the I suppose it is the kind of archetypical uh, fortune-telling scenario where the fortune-teller gets uh, paler and paler and more and more terrified <laughs> with every card they flip. Yeah. But we're faced with a choice. Do we accept it or not? There's a, there's a great bit in... I've been listening to American Gods again, which is a Neil Gaiman story, because the TV series has been on. Mm. And there's a bit early on where he meets three sisters who uh, all do fortune-telling. They can all tell the future. And one of them says, oh, I don't get paid much because I'm too honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, give, yeah. I give people bad news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, to be fair to Anna Caslow, she does respond pretty well whichever route you take. If you agree with her and accept your fate, she gives you a couple of cards to take away with you. And that's taking us down the tablet route. And if you say it's bullshit, she says, in a way, it is bullshit. You're right. Which I which I really like that she's sort of she's dignified enough to to take that on the chin and go, yeah, it is bullshit that you're screwed. And <laughs> gives you a, a wry chuckle. Either way, you open your eyes and you're lying in the mud in the woods outside Arkham and you've just come to and we go into the first scenario. So for me, like this is steeped in mood already. And it's almost like the curtains coming up on the first act at that point. It feels, you know, unfortunately, it's not Carcosa, but it feels like the beginning of a play where we've seen this little prologue or these flashed prologues. We don't really know how they fit together yet. And we're in the woods. We're all separated from each other. Yeah, it's such a brilliant opening, I think. Yeah, it's really good. And this opening scenario, the woods around Arkham are such a cliche, but they they really set the tone here. And having the witches there and you... Slowly spiral towards this ritual that's happening in the middle of the woods. Mm. It it's pregnant with almost like a folk horror feel to it. There's something like like Blair Witch or The Witch. Yeah, both real touchstones here of this creepy forest where you're isolated from each other as well, mm. and have weird goat men chasing you. <laughs> yeah, there's more than just witches in the woods, and there's a melodic piping of flutes that you're not really sure where it's coming from that also can be heard so it feels like there are forces at work that are incomprehensible and terrifying there's piper of azathoth for instance the pied piper is he called the pied piper just the piper just right. the piper <laughs> the pied piper of azathoth i can't <laughs> wait for that he's summoning all those swarms of rats yeah <laughs> so so when we finally get to Annette in the centre of the woods, it becomes clear that she doesn't have an agenda which is explicitly hostile. No. 
we can parlay with her rather than just beating her up. Or, well, we disrupt her ritual. Yes, either route we take does disrupt the ritual. There's actually something she says that stood out to me, which was we shouldn't be there. And the the reason that stands out to me is this idea that the witch's right was meant to be a sealed circle and none could enter who weren't witches. And yet we've ended up in there. And this this touches again on mystery, but on this weird idea of agency. Have we actually stumbled onto something we shouldn't have been able to stumble upon? And is the very fabric of things like magic rituals falling apart because we've ended up walking into a closed circle? Which, yeah, I just I like reflecting on that and that idea that maybe we're living in a time in Arkham where the normal rules of health, how the rules of engagement, the rules of magic are somehow crumbling. And I'm not quite sure who's responsible for that. The witches, the lodge, something else. But it leaves me uh, concerned. And that, that almost feels like what my investigation is into as a player. What's gone wrong? So from that, we end up back at the Migra estate. Invited to the Migra estate, yeah. In a situation remarkably similar to the prologue scenario. Mm, yeah. A big party's going on. And yeah. uh, we start to walk around schmoozing people. Yeah, it almost feels too similar to the last time. It's weird that, isn't it? I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> Is there some sort of reason for that? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Because the spectral mist arrives again and the house transforms into the derelict, terrifying version of it. And it's a scramble to get out of the house with or without our new best friends or enemies from the lodge and with or without our host, Joseph Meiger. Uh, so there's a real fork in the road at this point of do we fight to save these people in the lodge who have brought us into what essentially feels like a trap or do we ditch them and run? And we, we get to choose. Do we become enemies of the lodge or friends of the lodge or friends with an asterisk of the lodge? And I, I've already talked to you about this, but in our blind playthrough, we accidentally became enemies of the lodge. <laughs> Mm. because we hadn't realised it would be beneficial to help some of the cult escape. Right. So they just got slaughtered by a load of ghosts. Just another Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's their own fault, so it's hard to feel too too guilty. And we meet... I, I don't know if he's really the antagonist, but we meet one of our key characters, Carl Sandford, at this point, which, when we talked about, when we did our lore episode for The Circle Undone, we talked about the role Carl Sandford has played, and he is an old man, but pretty steely as well. And he reminds me slightly of kind of cult villains, but also of a kind of grand old magician. You know, he's he's wise and he seems to be very measured in how he interacts with us and what he gives away and what he doesn't give away. Again, yeah. I feel like he knows a lot more than he's letting on and we're merely puppets, depending on which route we take with him yeah there's a lot that can happen at this turning point isn't there we can we can align ourselves with the cult mm -hmm. we can we can pretend we're aligning ourselves with the cult mm -hmm. we can set ourselves up in opposition to it or maybe we're forced to do that uh, and then there's also the this um yosef Meiger, mm. who may or may not have escaped into the night yeah yeah may have been taken by the mist as well depending on how things happen yeah so at this point there's i mean I think it's fantastic design that there are so many options. It it feels quite hard to keep track of all the different threads and the different story beats that come from that. Yes. From now on, every time we start a scenario, 
we're often given a separate intro if we're members of the lodge. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't gone down that path yet, so I don't know particularly what whether our actions from that point in the main story are the cult telling us to do certain things. Go here and check this out kind of thing. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about it because it's worth noting one of the things the Lodge want to know about is the witches in the woods. And you're actually presented with a choice at the start of Scenario 3, The Secret Name, if you're members of the Lodge, about whether or not you reveal to the Lodge the witches that you ran into. And if you do open up about the coven, you add a a cultist token to the chaos bag. So that, to me, suggests that you're siding with the Lodge. And it, it left me thinking, I wonder if tablets are believing in witchcraft and, and prophecy, and if cultists are supporting the Lodge. And then finally, the elder thing is the kind of, don't believe in any of this, I'm going to stick my head in the sand route. So a little bit analogous to what happened with supporting Ichtaka or Alejandro in Forgotten Age, but maybe in a slightly more sophisticated way, I'm not sure. Hmm. What I like is, <laughs> there's this choice, do you do you tell the Lodge about the witches, and how much does each group know about each other? Maybe they know about each other already, and we're just pawns in the middle of it, but how much we want to prove our loyalty to the Lodge is indicated by how willing we are to actually open up about everything else we know about which is yeah I, I really like that and I really like that it can be really led by the investigators you're playing and your play group and kind of what feels right yeah absolutely so quite, yeah quite sort of immersive and and this scenario is maybe the sorry the, the secret name is probably the most like the source material we looked at mm-hmm. yeah which is dreams in the witch house yeah because we, and I remembered when when we started playing, I, I said to my play partner, oh, it, it's the attic where everything cracks off in the book. So maybe that's where we should head first. There's a se- <laughs> yeah. se- secret wall in the attic. Let's see if we can find that. Yeah. we, we It's a, it's almost a, a replay of the short story, isn't it? There's creepy noises. There's creepy things. There's a familiar hanging around. There's lots of rats. Lots of rats. There's also, we've, we've gone to the place that Kaziah Mason we believe, lived many years ago. And we run into Nahab, who is Keziah Mason by another name, the name she signed in the Black Book. And not only that, but she is also conducting a rite. So we had a rite in Scenario 1, and then there's another rite in Scenario 3. Again, a rite that we can disrupt, that we need to disrupt. Again, which is doing their thing really without our business. I'm not sure if she would have been doing the rite if we'd turned up or not. I assume she would. I don't know. But yeah, worth noting that that ends with uh, a question. Is Keziah Mason still around because of the mist? Or is the mist around because Keziah Mason is still around? And up until that point, I hadn't really associated the spectral mist with witchcraft. I assumed it was a sort of third group, but it left me wondering. I mean, have you thought about the the causes of the spectral mist. I, I must admit, no, not until you've just mentioned it. Um, mm. I, I don't know how it's connected. It, it seems it's connected to the, this shadow realm, isn't it? Mm. Uh, because whenever it appears, we tend to be pulled into some, you know, decrepit alternate version of Arkham. Mm. But no, I hadn't thought specifically about what's causing that. And we know that the Lodge have triggered an event that has made it happen again because in at death's doorstep 
they made it clear that they hosted the party at the same location to see if the mist turned up again. Exactly, yeah. They, they Forgive me, that they don't know what it was they did that summoned it, right? They just recreated the circumstances the first time it appeared. Yes, there's there's one bit of text on one of the acts that says when they you find a like shriveled lodge member with a book with incomprehensible writing in it. So it's almost like they've been reading spells they don't understand. Classic Silver Twilight Lodge. Classic, yeah. What were you doing on the night the mist arrived? Oh, I was just browsing this <laughs> I was unintelligible read- book. Reading some Latin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, what were you reading about? Oh, I don't know. I didn't understand the words. I thought I'd just say them. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a... I don't, I'm sort of gone back to Death's Doorstep now. There's this idea that they're experimenters, that they're doing it for the greater good. No uh, joke intended by that. But... And they certainly set themselves up to say, you don't understand this stuff and we do, and you can either help us or get lost. So there's that that sense of this struggle with the mist already going on between the lodge and them. But yeah, I I sort of hadn't felt that the, the mist was explicitly witch-related, but I wondered when there was that little reference to is Keziah caused by them. It basically is her spirit refusing to rest and issuing forth all of this madness i don't know and where can we find witches to ask them about such things well wage of the sin it's one of the nicest little bits of explanatory flavor text you realize as an investigator that the best place to go and look to find witches is where you know they'll be which is buried in the ground where they were executed hundreds of years ago so wages of sin we decide to go to hangman's hill and the graveyard because we know that witches were put to death and buried there I must admit that this this struck me as like a horror movie logic. Yes, I'm su- I'm absolutely. Su- I'm That's surprised. Why I like it. Yeah. I'm surprised that they don't, as soon as they arrive, say, "Okay, let's split up to cover more ground." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of implied by the map. The map yeah. forks in two. <laughs> so. Uh, so it's like, well, you know, where where can we definitely find witches? Well, there's dead witches at the graveyard, where coincidentally there's been loads of ghosts seen recently. Let's yes. go there tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shall we wait for morning? No. Yeah, no, a, definitely a not. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's especially nice because the pleasantness of the woods or, or the Hangman's Brook, what's the, is it Hangman's Brook is the this location you start on? It, it's stressed by the description on the card and you've got like the, the autumns in the trees and there's a babbling brook nearby and it sounds really pleasant mm. uh, until like ghosts and witches start crawling out of every, every corner. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. It's very good. So this is, in terms of what ha- happens in the scenario, this is relatively straightforward. There's only two ways it ends. You get out of the graveyard while having put to rest as many of the ghosts as you can. Yeah. Interesting that the ghosts are called heretics, mm-hmm. which ties them strongly into being the ghosts of the witches. Yeah. Failure to put them to rest, uh, and I thought this was a weird phrase when I read it as well, uh, you unleash them on Arkham. Is that the phrase? Mm-hmm. Yes, you record. Yeah, unleashed you onto Arkham. You banish them or unleashed on Arkham, yeah. Which which is, a, I think that's an interesting phrase, and I don't know how that's going to come back later on. But what you pointed out to me, Frank, is that actually if you, inverted commas, fail this scenario, mm-hmm. uh, something slightly more interesting happens. Yeah, so I think I have to share the experience of how it happened as well, because it was just so magnificent. I was playing this with my four-player group, Florian, Stefano, and Sergio. Hi, guys. And 
we were doing quite well. We'd banished three of the four heretics, and the plan was definitely to resign. And I had I was playing Diana, and I had Delve too deep in hand, so the plan was that I would resign last and Delve. I also had Fate of All Fools in play, and I tanked, I think, six damage from Fate of All Fools, from other people pulling it and me playing Deny Existence and things like that. And then because we were right at the end of the game, we'd agreed before anyone drew any other Fate of All Fools that they could just put Doom on my Fate of All Fools because I was going to resign anyway. So we had, I think, I think it had taken us over the, the witching hour threshold because of the Doom on, on Fate of All Fools, like that turn, that, that mythos phase. Uh, they all went and resigned, and I just needed to move once, delve, resign. And you might not remember this, listener, but Hangman's Brook, the haunted side, has a haunted effect that says you cannot trigger the resign action for the remainder of the round on this location. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you know where this is going, don't you? Yeah. And we talked about it in my playgroup, and I was going to delve and then move and then resign. Someone said, well, no, 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 no. Make sure you're at the exit, because if you delve and you draw an enemy or something like that, you're going to have to drag it with you to get to the exit to resign. You'll take the hit. I think I could soak the hit, but I thought, no, good practice. Move there and resign. So I moved to the resign location. I played delve and drew Shapes in the Mist, which reads Surge, Revelation, Resolve each haunted ability on your location, meaning I couldn't resign. So I had one action left. And I thought, what do I what do I do? The basically wasn't I thought, can I can I somehow kill myself and take a trauma here? Because I don't want the agenda to tick over. There wasn't anything I could do. I had all this doom piled on Fate of All Fools. So next mythos, place a doom, and we advance. And strangely, we advanced into R2, no trauma or anything like that, which meant that we ended up with the fact that we'd stayed all night in the graveyard and survived the Watcher's gaze. Yeah. And we added a note to our campaign log, this is why I'm telling this whole story, that you wouldn't add if we'd all resigned, I think. As one of the players said to me, just because it seems good doesn't necessarily mean it is good. But nonetheless, it left me thinking, okay, were we meant to actually not run from this? You know, if you can survive avoiding the the Watcher and running around in the mist is there actually no explicit incentive to resign i don't know it's left me even less sure than before <laughs> it would be an interesting uh, a, uh rug pull from matt if that was the case mm. whereas it, in the past in scenarios like this you're conditioned to, to get away uh, but maybe sticking around and just seeing what happens is is the way to 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 unlock something else and we'll have to wait and see, really, because we, we just don't know at the moment. Yes, and I've just, while we've been talking, I've just remembered that there was something about Wages of Sin in the FAQ. So if you don't mind just bearing with me, I'll just check. This was, it said something like it clarified if people had resigned and been yeah, defeated, right? Exactly. Anyway. So I don't see that thing. Yeah. I think it's because it says if, if the investigators resigned, go to R1. If the investigators were defeated, go to R2. And it might be that you had three people resign and one person being defeated. I think it was like, if at least one investigator was defeated, go to R2. Or something like that was the clarification. I don't see it there. Anyway, uh, there's another point in Wages of Sin I want to mention, though, which is the opening of Wages of Sin when we arrive 
in the graveyard, we see a woman in a hooded cloak kneeling by one of the graves. Uh, it's pretty clear that she's a witch and she's sort of at prayer. But as we watch her, she dissolves into mist and disappears. Mm. So at first it feels like, oh, okay, we've come to the right place. Here are more witches. They're performing some little rite. And then it's like, well, are they? Or do I even trust my senses? It left me thinking that the graveyard is a very strange place to be. And there's magic I don't understand going on there. Yeah. But the story must go on. Yes. So we're on to For the Greater Good now. Mm. And I've, as we talked earlier, there's almost two branches we can go down, whether we're in the lodge, whether we are aligned with their beliefs or whether we're just working from within, or we're we're explicitly enemies of the lodge. Mm. And I've only been down the enemy's path, so maybe we can just speculate about the uh, the allies of the lodge, because I don't think you've done that side either, have you? No, I've not played it yet, no. I, I am on track to do it. But okay. Yeah. There's a, I've just been looking at the intro notes, and there's, a, there's also a third route, which is that you can have been defeated in at death's doorstep, and then you'll know nothing of the lodge's schemes. And so that route is like, <laughs> you're neither enemies nor friends. You've just all been kind of carried off comatose from the mist. You have survived the mist, but you don't know anything about them. So there's also that option that you're you're interested in the lodge just because you feel you didn't find out enough about them in a death's doorstep. So yeah. Anyway, as enemies, tell us more. Yeah, so so, so what happens here is we, we sneak into the lodge and I think this whole sequence is really good. I really, really enjoyed this scenario. Mm. Um, although it wasn't too challenging in terms of the game that we looked out <laughs> with some of the placements. And actually our party makeup was made this this like well suited to our abilities. So after having been beaten up in the graveyard, it was nice to have a bit more of a, an easy ride into the lodge. So you sneak into the lodge and they're up to something that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this weird device. What the providence of that device is, I'm not sure, but it's being held by Nathan Wick. Mm-hmm. And there's also a larger meeting going on, which you overhear later, and other things going on around the lodge, which you overhear as you're infiltrating. Mm. But you're there for a purpose, you pursue that, and then you get away. And if you get away, you overhear Carl Sanford say, Tonight we will complete the ritual we began many nights ago at the centre of the unvisited isle. Tonight we will finally bind the Revenant and learn what it knows. We must not allow the secrets of Azathoth to be lost to those who would do humanity harm. Yes. Now, two things. We have heard reference... (laughs) To yeah. the unvisited hour before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. I can't remember where. <laughs> I remember. Oh, okay. it, I remember. We did we see it from a bridge at some point, or was there reports of people on the unvisited isle in the news? Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe it was in in the intro to one of the cards or something like that. It, it, yeah, I definitely yeah. remember. It was like there has been reports of people on the. Maybe it was actually in the story, um, in the witch house story, dreams of the witch house. Oh yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe I'm. Maybe maybe the the you're dreaming it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was one thing, the unvisited isle. But you said there were two things. Where have we heard uh, Azathoth in this scenario? In this campaign, sorry. Um, have hmm. we heard the name before? Uh, have our characters heard the name before they heard Carl Sanford say it? 
was it whispered on the wind in the witching hour or not do I don't you know get... the answer or are you no I, I i don't know i i must admit i've had a quick look at the campaign guide as well and i, I can't see it referenced before because i uh investigators specifically ask what the hell is an azathoth after yeah. after hearing it <laughs> yeah yeah uh, of so course maybe we don't know and we as players have a bit of knowledge and that we know azathoth is one of the great old ones but yeah maybe maybe the investigators don't know and that's good i like that level of of unknowability about azathoth that's the whole point isn't it so that that's a kind of a recap of the story i guess worth noting that if you play this scenario for the greater good as friends of the lodge not only is there a different storyline in it but it also gives you access to interlude three the inner circle yes which you don't get access to at all if you are enemies of the lodge so this is you meet carl sanford i believe (laughs) yeah for the second time yes but obviously you're meeting him as either well as, as ostensibly a member of the lodge yes yeah, you're brought in front of him and some of what you experienced in that scenario, you're able to relate with him. You're prevented with, presented with a few choices and you're presented with a chance to get more information from Carl Sanford. And I think, I mean, I could just look and see, you're given a chance to become like sworn in members of the Lodge. So oh, okay. you can really double down if you want to on feeling like what the Lodge are up to in stopping the power, the secrets of Azathoth getting into the hands of others is really the way to go. You could buy into that heavily. So that in itself is kind of bananas. That um, you know, Matt hinted at this, didn't he? That maybe there'd be a chance to join the Lodge when he was talking about this campaign as a whole. And he's stayed true to his word. I don't know if I want to join them, but... Well, this is it. I mean, are we, as members of the... Is it the Inner Circle? Mm. Are we going to get a chance to steer the Lodge back towards not destroying the world? Mm. Yeah. Or, or is that something we can only do as an antagonist of the Lodge? Yeah, yeah. And what, what benefit are we going to have to be wading our way through Lodge acolytes if we're fighting them at every turn? And is it going to be a little bit like, you know, Guardians of Estley that are going to ignore us if we're on that path? You know? Yeah. So, I, I, I liked how... In this scenario, you use either it's it's one encounter set or the other sort of. There's mm-hmm. this the encounter set of lodge cult members, and then the generic cult members, mm-hmm. uh, and the implication is they're the same group of people. It's just their encounter cards are different. Yeah. So if you're friends of the lodge, then you need to parlay with them, and they, they accrue doom. If you're not, you just gotta beat them up. Yeah. So I, yeah. I I like that it's it's you see the other lodge members in a different way depending on yeah. whether you're an enemy or an ally. I, I think that was really neat. A different filter, isn't it? That yeah. Sort of put on them. Oh, it's just a generic cultist. I mean, one of the challenges here as well is that we're conditioned to feel like the lodge are bad, even though historically the Silver Twilight Lodge hasn't always been a bad entity. They just feel creepy. They have doom on them. That feels bad. And I think the scenario is at great pains to offer you another route and to reward you for the route where you're actually not just, as soon as you see a cultist, killing a cultist. Because I think that's quite important, that if this route is a genuine route to take, you can't just think, oh, they're so sketchy, but I may as well join the cult. You've got to feel like there's some 
nobility of purpose there, right, as a player? Well, Unless yeah, it's just yeah. pitched at players who want to be badass and join a cult. Yeah, or maybe they believe there's a there's a powerful payoff mm. for doing it, which could be the case. You get to ride Azathoth like he's your steed. <laughs> yeah. Probably wouldn't happen. Okay, so that's the story so far. I mean, it's a funny one to talk about, isn't it? Because there are so many questions and uncertainties. There's so much mystery. I'm writing that in big words in the sky. Thank you. That it's sort of quite, yeah, it's quite tricky to sum up and, and capture. Overall, for me, the feeling is like I'm stumbling blindfold through the schemes of other people and things like that. What do you like so far about Circle Undone? Good question, Frank. Thank we you. we've talked about this ourselves uh, offline, and mm. I think one of the things we both said separately is that we like how Arkham and its history feels like a character in this story. Yeah, yeah. and I, I actually picked out a couple of uh, encounter cards which reflect this. There's the what did you say it was called? City of Sins. Sins. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And there's only two cards in the set, but one of them is Evil Past, which is explicitly a picture of a witch being burnt at the stake mm-hmm. and the other one is centuries of secrets which is a you know just a picture it's a picture of arkham but the the flavor text says perhaps these mysteries are better left unknown so there's this real feel of and then in the intro to for the greater good as well there's this feeling of doors being shuttered and you you know you have this image of the the timber slatted buildings in Arkham, uh, with shutters over the windows and bolts slid across the doors, it has that. Feels like you know you're in the Crucible. This air of paranoia and fear at night. People aren't going out, even though there's no official curfew. They're just too scared to. Yeah, uh, things re- are shutting up. Exactly. I really like that feel to it. Um, it feels like something's brewing as well. Like it's, it, you know, there's something's going to kick off quite soon. That text that I read at the start of this episode that intro text was from wages of sin and i feel like that also sums that up night after night you're assaulted by terrible dreams dreams of death and decay of guilt and sin there's an evil that dwells in this city this idea of that arkham's not a kind of pleasant metropolis where everyone's going about their business smiling and happy it's gloomy it's uh rain swept people sense the darkness that's coming and are already shuttering themselves off from it yeah it feels really immer- even waking up in the rain you know why did it have to be raining in the woods it could have yeah. just been wake up and it's a beautiful summer evening but no it was sodden it was muddy it was sort of there's all clammy mist everywhere that feels so visceral yeah i'll read the beginning of for the greater good as well just just for the sake of it uh, yeah. in the in the days since at hangman's hill there have been more reports of ghost sightings and even several more disappearances a thin layer of gray mist lingers over the streets at all hours day and night as soon as the sun begins to set each evening doors are shut and locked without truly re- realizing why few uh, very few people dare venture out at night some businesses have even closed their doors to customers during the day citing poor weather Things are getting out of hand. They are. Okay. Well, it feels like Unvisited Isle will be a bit of a showdown. Yes. The Lodge want to go there to conduct their rites. We know that witches go there to conduct their rites. It could be the Arkham-related stuff all coming to a head in the Unvisited Isle, I imagine. Yes. And then beyond that, the next two packs are in the clutches of chaos and before the Black Throne, which is the Black Throne upon which Azathoth sits. 
So, I mean, all bets are off with what happens after this point. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up... There's this hints in the story and, in fact, in the secret name, Pak, of travelling to Azatoth, Azatoth's realm. Mm. This geometric thing you can access through certain formula. But in the clutches of chaos, I mean, it's hard to say, but Union and Disillusion is an interesting name. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's hard to almost know where to begin. Union, does it mean the witches in the lodge teaming up? Or is it also this idea... I mean, combining union, which implies being on the same page, and disillusion, which is that idea of maybe the scales being lifted from one's eyes and realising the error of one's ways. There's there's a lot of options there, aren't there, for maybe, maybe we're presented with a chance for if you've been a member of the lodge to turn your back on the lodge once you've seen what they're doing. Exactly, or yeah. vice versa. And, or potentially there's a hint that some aspect of what we've seen, if we take if we take disillusion to mean the removal of an illusion, mm. there's some hint that what we've seen so far isn't isn't really what's happening. I'll just read a little bit from the marketing blurb for In the Clutches of Chaos as well. It says after the investigation in Union and Disillusion, the state of the city continues to decay. Breaches in reality begin to rip through the fabric of the earth, and a faint melody of discordant pipes can be heard throughout the streets of Arkham. Frightened citizens have sealed themselves in their homes, just what you've been talking about. Yeah. Yet you continue to patrol the streets, desperate for some solution to end the chaos. That's amazing, yeah. I'm, 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 I can't wait to see what happens. I feel like the fact that we brought in through investigating a murder as well, and that's been our, our portal. Imagine if in the last scenario, whichever of the, the allies or the, the investigators that died in the first one show back up to help you. Mm, yes, if you find them in the rift. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly there, is it Valentino? Yeah. Is there, <laughs> with all his cash? <laughs> oh, here, hey, guys. I, yeah. I'm, here, I'm here to help, folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, before the Black Throne says that you've left your city and your world behind, travelling an impossible distance, and yet you're still many legs from the night, from the knighted throne where your ultimate foe stirs. The, the thing about Azathoth is that we know it can't be the final enemy in terms of a thing you have to fight, mm-hmm. which we have seen in the previous uh, campaigns. Yeah. Because one of the things about Az- Azathoth is that it, it can't be defeated. It's, yes. the, it's It's the death of the universe. If it wakes... That's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And it th- that's been consistent in a lot of the uh, the other Arkham games. They, I think they recommend you use them as the beginner. Yeah. Ancient One, because, you know, there's no need to worry about what happens after after it's awake. Yeah. You're on a clock and it happens. Yeah. Which isn't to say that there won't be a big enemy at the end. It's just it's unlikely to be Azatoth themselves. Yeah. I'm just, I'm still intrigued how it's linked. Which is Lodge Mist. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be a branch where, depending on which way you've sided, that will have an impact on, you know, will the will the mist be to do with witches keeping back the awakening of Azathoth? Or will it turn out to have been the lodge and with every step they've taken to try and meddle with that power, it's caused these rifts in reality and these problems. I don't know. Or or maybe there's a third party and both the witches and the lodge think are opposed to each other for the for the wrong reasons. Mm. Yes. Maybe they both yeah. think the other is responsible. Yes, that's nice. And that's then the disillusion, right? You've assumed it's a a conflict between these two groups, but you discover something at the unvisited isle that implies... 
and you bring them together to fight it together. Union. Union. Yeah. <laughs> you can have like a witch ally and uh oh is Diana Esperanza coming out in Union and Disillusion? No, it's Oh no, time. she's late in the last pack, yeah. I think. That would that be neat. Cool. <laughs> yeah, witch wingman and kind of lodge knight. Yeah, this is starting to turn into Avengers, isn't it? We'd all kind of march <laughs> up in one group. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, I, I think we'll bring this to a close. I feel like we have no answers for you, listener. But maybe you have some answers or some pet theories yourself that you want to send us. We're on all the same places, drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Discord. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. And you can find me on Twitter and on Reddit and on Discord. So say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter, E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And I'm Zooey Glass and Zozo around the place. And I think the point when this episode goes live, we're going to be recording tomorrow live at the UK Games Expo. If you can come and see us, I think it's one till two at Toot Suite. But all of the information of what we're doing at the Expo is on our Facebook. You can check it out. If you see us, say hello. I certainly won't bite your your head off. I don't know. Can't speak for you, Peter. Well, not your entire head. A chunk. Protect yeah. your ear. Wear earmuffs. <laughs> yeah. Anything that sticks out, try yeah. and try and uh, protect. Yeah. If you cover yourself in kind of grease and you're, <laughs> you're sealed, you won't get nipped. Yeah. Great. My Thanks. bombshell. <laughs> <That's> yeah. <sad. laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Bye.